Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. In today's podcast, we are going to study the crowns that the Lord gives to his people and the admonition, let no man take Take your crown. When Jesus was speaking to the Church of Philadelphia in Revelation chapter 3, one of the things that he said to them was a warning. Behold, I come quickly. In other words, pay attention. I'm coming quickly or suddenly. Hold on tight to what you have. Let no man take your crown. We've been given a crown. We've been given the crown of righteousness that that came from him. And we have to walk carefully so that we don't lose our crown. Philip, take it from here. Now, we read in Scripture you know, about crowns. You know, you, you look all through the Old Testament and all the kings, anybody of any royalty has a crown. And many of them, they have a scepter. Like when Esther went before King Ahasuerus and put her hand on top of his scepter. When he extended it to her, and if he didn't extend it to her, it would have been death for her. Yeah, she would have been she, a goner. She came in without the king's permission, yeah. without being bidden. It was extending it that gave her permission to live. Yes. But, you know, the, but the Lord Jesus is extending his scepter unto us. That's right. Because, He's you know, the king. Yeah, we're called to be kings and priests. True. You know, we've seen these scriptures before. And, you know, and when you read Crown in the scriptures and you, you study it out, of course you have... All the kings have a crown, and some crowns have uh, are more grandeur than others, and more grandiose. Grandioso, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've ever had the opportunity to be in England and go see the crown jewels, aren't they something of the um, of of the entire British uh, royalty? And you you would just be set in awe because you just can't believe there's this much diamonds, rubies, and all these other things, and one piece of headdress that goes on your head. Right. And I'm sure some of them were very heavy. And mm-hmm. so the crown is authority. Right. So when the Lord gives, you know, he gives you a crown, you have authority, but what are the qualifications to get this crown? Oh, that's good. You know, you have to be qualified, and and in the games... You know, the, all, the, all the, the games, like if you look at the Olympics and all these things, the winner would see, receive a crown or it'd be a, a laurel leaf wreath yeah, on, on your head. And that was, that was your reward for what you just endured and maybe could have lost your life on it. You know? Mm-hmm. you know, because the games back then didn't play fair like they do today. And it's, yeah. it's interesting that laurel was a, a substance that, that the Greeks would use uh, at Delphi, the uh, oracle of Delphi, when when she would be, you know, seeking the gods for a word, she would chew on some laurel leaves, and that would give her some kind, I guess it was some kind of drug. Uh, wow. So so there's there's something to the the honor of having these laurel leaves on your head that is probably related to seeking the gods. I'm just assuming that. I, I haven't studied it, but it just came to me. Yeah. So I want to look in, uh, in Isaiah, 
This is Isaiah 62. This is out of the Amplified Bible. And this is relating to Israel. You know, this is returning in the last days. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her imputed righteousness and vindication go forth as brightness and her salvation radiates as does a burning torch. And the nations shall see your righteousness and vindication, and all kings shall behold your salvation and glory, and you shall be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name. And we know in the book of Revelation, Jesus says that to him that overcometh, that I will give a new name. Beautiful. And so here we see that, you know, here in the Old Testament. And, but verse 3, you shall also be a crown of glory and honor in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Beautiful. And because we are grafted in, mm-hmm. you know, we, we as believers were grafted in, you can study out Romans 11. It's a magnificent chapter on relation to our relationship as a believer to Israel. And that's very important. And so we have this uh, challenge, you could call it, of uh, getting this crown. Mm-hmm. And what are the real qualifications for getting a crown? Well, like Paul says, I will run my race. Yeah. You know, and he ran a he ran a powerful race. And here's a man that was a, a terrorist in his day. <laughs> that's that's what um, we would call him today. You know, Saul was a terrorist because yeah. he went he went even house to house, and he had authority to do it. Yeah. You know, and when a government or the leading chief priests, you know, whatever, gave him the authority to do that. And he's on his way to Damascus, and, you know, and the power of God comes down, and the light of God just, you know, it's, he just falls down under the presence, powerful presence of God, and, and you know, he's blinded, and he, he cannot see. And this was the start of his journey. Mm-hmm. And so here he is, you know, and he's on his own. He's, an, he's later on a, an apostle, but nobody wants him right off the bat. He was so this scary. is the guy. Yeah, he was a scary. He says, who wants to get near this guy? It's a trick. They're yeah. trying to pull us out so they can find us all and, mm-hmm. and take us captive. And that yeah. may have been what's been going through the, um, the minds of all the apostles because they've not seen anybody like this. I mean, the disciples saw the demoniac when he was totally delivered, and they saw a lot of people that Jesus totally delivered. But someone like this was a little bit out of the normal league yeah. because God had a plan and a purpose. And even Paul going up at the feet of Gamaliel, you know, as being taught by the best. Yeah. So he knew the scriptures and he could debate better than anybody after he had his personal visitation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yes. Let's look in another, another scripture here and let's look at Second uh, uh, Timothy. This is Paul's um, crown of righteousness. So it's Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, and it's verse 8. And let, let's read verse, um, let's go up to 6. For I am ready about to be sacrificed. The time of my release is at hand, and I will soon go free. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me and recompense me on that day. 
and not only, and this is for us now, and not to me only, but also to all those who have loved and yearned for and welcomed his appearing, his return. And so that's, that's a question right there. How many people are looking for the day of the Lord Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. You know, we get so caught up because, you know, well, this was prophesied 2,000 years ago, and, and I grew up in the 70s, and I kind of had the tribulation message shoved down my throat. The end of the world is going to be about 1977 or something like that, <laughs> you know, and I, and I just backslid. You know, it's just like, you know, I want to have life a little bit before all this comes to an end. Mm -hmm. You know, and if we actually knew the time of the Lord's return, what would we be doing? Say, okay, he's coming. Okay, he's going to come on July 24th next year. Okay, (laughs) da, da, da. This is not not a a prediction. This is not a prediction. This is a supposition like, what if? What if? And and It has nothing to do with anything. So what's everybody going to do before July 25th? Are they going to be hot? Are they going to be cold? Or are they going to be riding the fence, mm-hmm. which means lukewarm? Right. And if you're lukewarm, you're just as good as cold. And how many will just kind of put it off until maybe, oh, Jesus is coming next week. It's time, time to get ready. <laughs> look busy, look busy. Look a busy, look a busy, yes. <laughs> but getting ready, this crown is a lifetime of um, preparation for for what God has for us. You know, it's a time of training. You know, like when the, when they would run this run the races. You know, go back to your Olympics and all that. They just you just don't get out there and uh, run the race. You train. Mm-hmm. You know, and if the, you want to win, if you want to win, you train, and you train the horses. You know, every the the vehicle you're riding on, whatever you're doing, and even in today's world, if you're if you're in a speedboat, you're in you're running the Indy 500, whatever. The vehicle you you have has to be top notch, has to be gone through by all the professional mechanics, all the flaws taken out so it has the optimum horsepower. Yeah. So you have the edge over the other guy, and then you have to use the skill of that machine to weave in and out of traffic, yellows, and all this kind of stuff like that. And at the end of this race where you're just totally drenched and your mind is just, you know, you've just gone 500 laps in a circle, <laughs> and how do you unwind, you know? And Can't But if imagine. you win that, I mean, what a, what a trophy waits for you. And mm-hmm. you go down in history of the winner of the Indy 500 that year. And so it's just immense a lot of training for running marathons. You know, if you're, if you're a champion swimmer, you train for hours in that pool, or if you run that was at the triathlon and you, you, you learn how to run, you learn how to swim, and what else do they do? You know, so it's more than one thing. So here we are in this world, you know, born for such a time as this, and to find our part, but we have to play. But most of the time we seem to be in survival mode. Mm-hmm. We're always on the defense because we're, you know, you're looking for a, is there a devil around every bush or something <laughs> like that? Is that car coming out of the driveway going to try to hit you? You know, <laughs> but it's, you know, we have to learn to live, live a life on the offensive with the presence of God in us and, and listening to the Holy Spirit in you. And, and even, you know, you could be going down the, the street, you know, a lot of times, you know, you'll get waylaid. Something will happen and and something will happen to make you late that was totally out of your control, and you just missed a disastrous accident. 
And so you know about that. But what you don't know about are the times that all of a sudden you got sped up, you know, and you got ahead of something and you may never even know what it was, mm-hmm. you it's know. True. So we don't know, but it's keeping our, you want to call it our antennas, our Holy Spirit you knower, you know, that uh, that our, our GPS, our glorious, you know, guiding system, you know. <laughs> we have to have that operating all the time, whatever we do. And so that that as we run this race on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, you know, we'll be ready for any circumstance at any time. And what we're doing, we're building our crown. I mean, it's like you're putting jewels in your crown. And even when Paul talks about, you know, you have the stars, you have the moon, you have the sun, and there are bodies terrestrial and there are bodies sure. celestial, and each star differs from the other star in glory. Some of these stars are shining a whole lot brighter. Our sun is a star. It's just a whole lot closer. And uh, the planets, they have, a, they have a shine. They don't generate their own light. They only reflect light, like mm-hmm. the moon. And we don't want to be reflective light. We want to be the source of that light. Yeah. So it's when the Lord's presence, of the Lord presence in puts his light in you, and it goes out from you. And you're really building your crown, though you, maybe you don't even know it. Because right. that's not something that you really think about. That's my desire. I'm going to build this crown, and I'm going to go to heaven, have this mansion, da-da-da. You, know, <laughs> you know, and we know, you know, there is a, a place, a mansion, a house prepared for us. But our goal is not thinking, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get all these rewards. Our goal is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. And Jesus says that's the greatest commandment, right. is to love the Lord. And so that is our prize, is the presence of God in our life on this yeah. earth. That is what we strive for. And that's one of the biggest challenges of your life, is striving for this presence of God on a moment-by-moment scale, because the devil is going to do everything he can to trip you up. He's going to bring your past up to you. He'll bring you up what happened last night. You know, maybe you looked at something you shouldn't have looked at, da, da, da. You feel like you just got demoted in the spirit. You know, when you do something, it's like you feel like the presence of God just walks away from you for a while. And you don't, you know, you don't want that to happen. I mean, that's what happens to me a lot. If if there's something that, you know, you know, like that, it's just like, oh, wow. But what, what you really did was you grieved the Holy Spirit. Yeah, choosing something else instead of his presence. Yeah. One of the things Evan Roberts said in the great Welsh revival regarding the Holy Spirit was, you know, was obeying the Holy Spirit. That was a big one. And he learned how to obey the Holy Spirit. And one of the things he said was, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Because when you grieve the Holy Spirit, then it's just like he walks away from you. And we don't ever want that to happen. That's for sure. You know, so let's look at another scripture Let's let's go to the book of James. This is a real good one. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which God had promised to those who love him. So the man who is patient under trial. Okay, are you patient? You know what happens when you pray, Lord, give me more patience. <laughs> what happens? 
you get more trials. Give you, he will give you trials that will specifically deal with your patients. That's, you're, you're asking him to bring up something that you need. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. So he gives you the, it's like he gives you the test so that you can pass the test. Yes. It's all about passing the test so that you can go on to the next level. We shouldn't think of it as, you know, don't ever pray for patience because you'll get lots of trials. If, if you need patience, and we all do, uh, we, we just need to pull on the Holy Spirit to come up and bring, bring his nature up inside of us to help us to pass those tests as they come because they will. But, but they're going to come anyway. Yes, that's true. And learning patience. Because if you learn to learn, learn patience, because um, you'll get into circumstances and situations, and especially if you go to another nation and you're going through something there, through immigration or something like that, and it's just like you don't blow up at an immigration officer <laughs> like you might somebody in the grocery store. Of course, you shouldn't blow up at them anyway, you know. But maybe they didn't have what you wanted. And I'm sure a lot of people have been learning patience these last months when things are not available or I don't get it as quick as I want. And I remember in 1973 when our oil got shut off because Israel was helped by the United States on the Yom Kippur War and the Arabs, whom most of our oil came from, shut off our oil. So all of a sudden America is without the big supply of oil and the price climbs up, triples in cost. But then you had to wait in line mm. for blocks to get your petroleum for your car. And people were learning patience. And there was fights and this and that because another car tried to squeeze in front of you and, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. And so you, you learn patience through these things. And, that, and what that does is when you get into a tight situation, you know, like if you're in a communist nation or something like that, you know, where you won't automatically blow off real easy or something like that because they have the authority to put you on the plane and send you home. And you'll say, why didn't I keep my cool? And you remember the old, okay, hold your breath and count to 10, you know, real slow. <laughs> you know, so it'll it just kind of, it helps, you know, it just helps you gather your thoughts and, and all that. So, you know, so under trials, you know, we have these trials, but then we have, you know, we stood the test and be approved. You know, so you have to be approved. Okay, you go through the test. Now, how? what is your grading scale for the test you just went through? Did you get an A? <laughs> maybe an A minus. Did you get a B? You know, grumbled a little bit. You know, maybe, you know, okay, you got a C. Okay, you're average. You know, that's not so good. <laughs> you won't get a scholarship that way. Okay, and then you have D. Just below barely average. made it. You need some training, you know, and then E... You just blew it all together, you know. And so what happens then, you get to take the test over, and maybe in another <laughs> way. And I remember, you know, in, in uh, Illinois, you know, I'm from Chicago originally, and, and when you go for your driver's test, what happens if you, you hit the curb or you do this or that, you're parallel parking and you flunk? So you wait another week or two and you go back and take it again. And uh, I remember one person who was actually was in the paper this person took the driver's test, I think, 40-some times, 40 or 50 oh times, my. and they finally passed it. 
Sure. You know, I don't know how much time that took, but wow. I don't know. Maybe they missed one or two questions in the signs, which you're not allowed to do. You know, but perseverance pays off, and finally they pass. And so that's what we have to do in our many times, our trials and our testings. We have to persevere. There's a, there's a scripture in Revelation chapter 2 where Jesus is talking to a messenger of the perhaps the, the angel, perhaps the church, the pastor of the church of Smyrna. And they were a church that, that was uh, going through stuff, having difficult trials. And Jesus ex- exhorted them and said, fear none of those things which you're going to su- suffer. In other words, if you pray for patience or if the circumstances are such that you know, there's nothing you can do about it, and you're just going to suffer some stuff. I mean, we've this. There's been lots of suffering, and you know, the suffering that goes on in the communist nations and in the in the Muslim nations, the suffering that that the Christians go through is awful. But he says, "Don't be afraid of those things which you're going to suffer," and he says, "Behold, he's given him a, he's given him a heads up. The devil is going to cast some of you into prison." that you may be tried. In other words, you're going to go through trials and you shall have tribulation 10 days. You know, Jesus promised us tribulation. We ought, we ought to not be um, surprised when tough times come. Uh, you shall have tribulation 10 days, but be faithful all the way unto death. These people had to be faithful all the way unto death. And we need to be ready for that ourselves, no matter what. That because Jesus is worth everything, He gave His life for us. We want to give our lives to Him, to be faithful to Him all the way until we close our eyes and and open them on the other side. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Mm, yes, and in the book of Revelation, chapter two and and verse uh, eight. This is to the church in Smyrna. You know, and, and we were fortunate to be in Turkey uh, about two or three years ago. We went through Kurdistan, not the, on the way to Israel, a very unique way to get to Israel. We went through, went through Kurdistan first, <laughs> ministry there, and, and then in Turkey, fly to Turkey. And, and we were fortunate to go to some of these churches. I mean, At the, least the cities where the they used to be. The cities where they used to be, Pergamos, Ephesus, and the idolatry, you know, there's just, you it know. It's horrible. You not, know, that, not that it's there anymore. It's a Muslim nation now, but. Yeah, but they gave an idea what Paul was dealing with. The idolatry was just so strong because everywhere there was idols to to Diana and all that. And, and so to the angel of the assembly in Smyrna, right, these are the words of the first and the last who died and came to life again. I know your affliction and distress and pressing trouble and your poverty, but you are rich and how you are abused and reviled and slandered by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Fear nothing that you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is indeed about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and proved and critically appraised. Mm. critically appraised. Beautiful. Wow. And for 10 days you will have affliction. Be loyally faithful unto death, even if you must die for it. And I will give you the crown of life. Wow. And and you can look through the, the different churches 
of Revelation. You can look through all seven of them, and each one will have, you know, I mean the, you know, the, the angel, the messenger said to John, you know, the word through the Lord. He, he gave, this is what you're dealing with. You know, the church of Philadelphia was the one of brotherly love. They got the best report, you know. They did. <laughs> and, and some were not, you know, and but most of them were not. They were cold. Laodicea was the, I believe, was the, the, the church. The that lukewarm one. Was the lukewarm one where Jesus says, I will spit you out if you're lukewarm. But in each one of these, he gives a promise. And, and the key word you will see in every one of these, he who overcomes. And so that's what it is. We have to overcome temptations. We have to overcome desires. We have to overcome emotions, you know, that soulish nature of us, which when, because uh, we're spring-loaded to react a lot of time, and there's the, the word halt, H-A-L-T. You know, this is a good one for you to remember. This is where uh, Satan is uh, most likely to attack you. Halt is when you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, when you're tired. And I think, did you have an extra letter? Yeah, I, I added one to it. It doesn't spell the word halt anymore. But when you're, when you're sick or in pain, then, then you're, you're more likely to not be able to keep it together and lose it. And, and those are the things that you have to guard against. And speaking in tongues is one of the biggest, the, the oh, yeah. best things you can do to, to help keep your mind focused. And, and so you're not just sitting there daydreaming or something like that. And, and that helps to keep you on track. And that's something I'm, I'm trying to do more and more and learn that. And like the, the little book of uh, Brother Lawrence is practicing the presence of God. He's the cook, right? You know, in a monastery, you know, and that's four hundred years ago. Four hundred years ago, and and he didn't have a nice uh, stainless steel kitchen like <laughs> <laughs> like we have today. I'm sure they have the fire in the stove, and you know, and then if you burn the food or something, you got all the all the um, you know what all the brethren are the brethren. Upset. I almost said monks, you know, all the <laughs> yeah. all the brethren and the the nuns, whatever you know. Of course, you wouldn't have nuns if there's monks there, but yeah, yeah. but it's uh, but he found the joy of the Lord in doing dishes and and all these other things, and that's what we need to find, and that's that's another key for you for overcoming is the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you just keep up into the presence of the Lord, speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, making melody in your hearts unto the Lord, and that will help you to be that overcomer, and you will have a crown of life at the end of it all. Hallelujah. Amen. That's Amen. beautiful. You know, he is preparing good things for us in eternity. We're not just going to be sitting around on a cloud uh, playing harps. There's way, way, way more to eternity. And what we're doing here on this earth has to do with preparation for what we will be doing in eternity. And God has has so much. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him but they are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. And that's, you know, we, we hear these people that have made trips to heaven. They've, they've had a death experience, and they, they see the things that are out there ahead of us, and some things they can't even talk about. And the things that they try to talk about, they don't have words to express them because there's so 
great. But you have to understand that that what we're doing here on this life is like uh, training for reigning. It's it's about uh, overcoming so that we will be prepared to do the next thing in heaven and in eternity. So it's so important that we understand the crown of life that's laid up for us by by our being faithful, being faithful, being faithful. And I tell you, we don't have it ourselves to be faithful. Yeah. But the faithful one, the one who, who is called faithful and true, he's got it even inscribed on his thigh. His name is faithful and true. Jesus Christ, he's faithful and true. If we have allowed him to come into our lives, if we've made him Lord, then the faithful one lives inside of us to make us faithful so that we can be faithful unto death so that he will give us that crown of life. So be careful that you don't let anyone take your crown. And if you fall off your horse, you just get back on it again and go. So if you blow it, Yes. Some way, you know, which we all do sometime, just just get back rejoicing and praising the Lord and and get back on the straight and narrow again. It's true. It's true. That's one of the ways to see how much you have matured is how fast you get up from when you fall. (laughs) So don't let anybody take your crown. No matter what kind of thing is spitting in your face, don't lose that glory that he's already begun putting in by his very presence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the good news of God's global outpouring. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, connect with us, get a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can browse our online bookstore for amazing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.